Welcome to False Flag Weekly News. I'm Kevin Barrett with guest host this week, none other than Presbyterian minister and radio host John Shuck, who is now working with me at Revolution Radio, Studio B, uh, Freedom Loves Company is the show, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Sundays, I think. Isn't that right, John? Yes, yes. Thanks. Thanks for the plug and thanks for getting me connected. All right. Yeah, well, it's great to have you back on the radio. You're a, a fantastic host. And uh, so, you know, well, quick, you. Uh, yeah, we're, before we get into all of our long list of disclaimers and so on, uh, we're going to go ahead and commit blasphemy because we're not broadcasting live on <laughs> YouTube yet. This is the uncensored beginning of the show. And so this is our chance to say what we really think about the sacred vaccines, the holy who and the infallible Dr. Fauci. I feel a Tourette syndrome fit coming on me. So I'm going to have to start blaspheming. So what should I say? Okay, uh, let's see. Hey, Pfizer. Hey, Moderna. Dang, Nabbit, I don't want your darn freaking vaccine. Gadzooks. You want me to trust the muggle-humping mainstream medical paradigm? Are you bat coronavirus shit insane? Hell's bells. According to the 2004 Meta study by Medicine, (laughs) whatever it was, uh, peer-reviewed, they were... Doctors kill 783,936 people every year, far more than any other leading cause of death, including cancer and heart disease. So doctors kill more people than COVID, even according to the standard estimates. Big Pharma is the most corrupt industry this side of the Gambini crime syndicate. And yet we're supposed to accept everything the holy who says as if it were sacred scripture. No freaking way. Okay, that's my blasphemy. Your turn, John. Well, that was beautiful blasphemy. I, uh, you know, my, my thing about the injections, uh, I have no idea to what level they could be saline solutions all the way to just death things. They could be anywhere along this extreme, but the effects that they have had is that they have divided us socially. They have created uh, psychological hassles for all of us, uh, division between families, and now passports everywhere. Just went to the national park, wear a mask, or if you're not fully vaccinated, that kind of thing, that apartheid setup, whatever the effects of the stuff that's in them, uh and it could be all kinds of things or nothing. Who knows? But it we will know sometime, I suppose. But in the meantime, the actual effects have been to divide us more than uh, anything, I think, uh, in our country. Uh, history has divided us. And, and that's what I look at is, is the crime uh, of these bioweapons, psychoweapons, social engineering weapons. Okay. Well, I, I hope that's enough blasphemy to get. Uh, well, it is, but it's actually, you know, I think we're allowed to complain about all of the vaccine apartheid and that sort of thing, as long as we don't start speculating about what is and isn't in the vaccines, as you just did. So that's YouTube might erase us right. and annihilate us and nuke us if we do that. But we can complain about the uh, the social effects of it as long as we don't pr- do any medical. St- views that are not approved by the, the who so anyway so now okay. let's go with the, the youtube safe cat video version of false flag weekly news so i'm going to pause for a moment and then alan will start Ta-da! welcome to the youtube safe version of false flag uh-huh. weekly news if you want to see us blaspheming against the infallible dr fauci the holy who and so on you're going to have to go to the um, uncensored version, which you can watch either at my False Flag Weekly News site, which you can find by way of truthjihad.com, 
just click on false flag weekly news and you get there. Or, uh, the other alternative would be to get on the false flag, uh, rather the no lies radio email list by emailing, uh, false flag weekly news at no lies radio.org. Okay. So here we are. Uh, we're still going to be saying all sorts of terrible, horrible things that YouTube probably won't appreciate. We still might get a strike. Who knows? Anyway, let's go for it. Uh, disclaimers and so on. Let's go to our first slides. What do we have here? We have the, uh, exposing 9-11 or, or is that 7-11? That's our, uh, yeah, just let's, let's skip the disclaimers. We already, uh, we already disclaimed enough, I think. So yes, question everything, be disturbed, be very disturbed at what you hear and, uh, and, and medical malpractice. No, we don't do that. Uh, don't take any advice from us. Next, next, next. Okay, here we go. There's the slide. We're coming up on the 20th, 20th anniversary of uh, 9-11, and this is the world we're living in. Uh, John, how do we get out of it? <laughs> how do we get out of this world? There's, well, we don't get out of this world alive. That's for there sure. There you go. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but, you know, if, you, if you'd rather, you know, find something more wholesome than you're going to find in this uh, little 9-11 convenience food store uh, and the other corporate insignias around it, you know, we need to build alternatives. And I guess that's what we're doing here with our alternative news show. Um, so let's get to it. All right. How about Ilhan Omar? Um, we, this is a PSA. We are urging everyone to uh, urge your congressional representative to rebuke Ilhan Omar for comparing the noble self-defense group Hamas with the genocidal so-called state of Israel. Uh, so be sure and complain loudly and frequently. And if you want the details about why uh, this comparison is unfair to Hamas, listen to my radio show from last night. I interviewed uh, the Jewish uh, scientist, uh, Professor Gijin Palia from Australia, who will give you all of the, the breakdown on the details uh, why Hamas is not a problem. But, uh, of course, genocidal Israel and its sponsor, the United States, are serious problems. Yeah, Ilhan Omar needs to say, Israel is the mastermind of terrorism. No group can hold a candle to the evil that is Israel. And when she says that, then I'll believe her. Okay, well, good luck with that, because she already walked back her her, uh, obnoxious, slanderous uh, equation of Hamas and Israel, slanderous to Hamas, of course, and Mm -hmm. and now she's even apologizing for that. Uh, If this is the bravest, most pro-Palestinian person in the U.S. Congress, that's pretty pathetic. More Zionist entity news. Um, They're having a huge dance party in Tel Aviv to celebrate the exit of the crime minister Netanyahu. And all I can say is, you got to love those Israelis. They throw barbecues on hilltops and watch Gazans being burned alive by white phosphorus. And now they're dancing in the streets to celebrate Bibi being replaced by an even more genocidal extremist like Kudnik, Naftali Bennett. So, hey, I guess those Israelis just like to party. You said it more eloquently than I did. Uh, uh, they can dance all they want, but the new boss is going to be the same as the old boss in terms of Palestinians. Yeah, it's uh, if anything, the new boss might even be worse than the old worse. boss, which is saying something. Is Bibi Netanyahu is quite a piece of work. I won't get into the long uh, list of crimes and and suspicions of direct hands on involvement in nine eleven and things like that. So let's move on to the next uh, Zionist crime syndicate news. So Israel is building a smart city uh, called Zangillion. Uh, it's down in the corner. You can see it on the map there where Iran, Armenia, and Azerbaijan meet. And according to the Israelis, 
Zangillion will be a new smart city dedicated to the production of cheese. <laughs> cheese? Okay, watch out, Wisconsinites. We are being replaced. The Azeris are the new cheeseheads. Blessed so, are the cheesemakers. Blessed are the cheesemakers. Well, that's what? the Hasbro story anyway. But according to Richard Silverstein, this Zangilon will be an Israeli spy outpost on the Iranian border. And the Israelis will be flying various varieties of gourmet anti-gravity cheese over Iran. And when the Iranians shoot them full of holes, presto, Swiss cheese. So, John, would you agree that the whole Israeli story of a smart city on the Iranian border dedicated to cheese is uh, cheesy? A little bit. A little bit. My favorite quote uh, from the article, it says, It seems obvious that Israel is going to build a highly advanced surveillance facility in this town, and will do so under the cover of a smart city label. Who is this going to fool? I don't know. Least of all, the Iranians. <laughs> oh, really? The Iranians aren't, aren't going to like start putting in orders for cheese? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and, and Silverstein also mentions that in the event of an Israeli air attack against Iranian nuclear facilities, this this new uh, base could serve as a critical support base. So if they if the, if the Israelis start throwing cheese at Iran, they'll do it from their new cheese factory here. Those uh, Azerbaijani should be ashamed for working with Israel this way. Yes. Frankly, uh, you know they should be overthrowing that uh, hideous regime there in Azerbaijan, which is a human rights violator and uh, very nasty in all sorts of ways. Uh, they are, yeah, they're a Muslim country. They're majority Shia, and they're run by a bunch of total scumbags, like a lot of other places in the world. Um, but not Iran. I think the top leadership in Iran is actually pretty good compared to the rest of the world. So let's move over to the Iran news. They just had elections in Iran, and uh, our, but the results didn't come in in time for us to line that up in our stories. Uh, but it, it looks like, um, oh, now I'm, I'm spacing out on the name of the, uh, the, the new president. Well, we don't know for sure, but we have an expected new president of Iran. John, could you remember his name? No, I don't. I'm sorry. Uh, Ricey. Ricey. I just remembered his name. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, whatever, whoever's elected president of Iran, Iran's going to be in this tough situation with Israel getting ready to throw cheese at them. In fact, throwing cheese at them. In fact, murdering Iranians left, right, and center. There's like 17,000 plus uh, civilian murder victims from terrorist attacks supported by Israel and the United States uh, over the past few decades. And, of course, they've been murdering their scientists, blowing up their buildings. And uh, ex-Mossad chief Yossi Cohen recently went public and bragged about blowing up Iranian buildings with people in them, murdering American scientists, and so on. Uh, of course, if Iran ever does that to Israel he won't see it as equally legitimate because Israelis are that way. There are two sets of rules, one for us and one for everybody else. We're the Chosenites, and the rest of you are a bunch of goyim cattle. Apparently, that's the way they think, and here's Yassi Cohen proving it. Yeah. You know, I'm amazed always at the patience of Iran. Uh, they suffer one abuse after another, and yet they, they keep on. You know, and 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 that and that just gives me hope. The fact that they just stay with it. They're the only country, uh, really, that supports uh, the Palestinians. Uh, that has uh, resistance uh, to uh, all of the scumbags there in the Middle East, uh, the Saudis and Israel, and uh, and and they keep at it, and and they keep cool. You know, um, and 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 suffer uh, a great deal all the time. And you said earlier that um, that their their leadership is is. Is you know better than any other in the world, and I, I would agree. 
And one question facing that leadership is what to do about the JCPOA. And I, I published this piece a little bit uh, a few weeks ago in Crescent Magazine about the JCPOA's half-life rapidly expiring. The uh, real bottom line of this story, of course, is that as the parties, uh, including the Biden administration, sort of scramble or pretend to scramble to try to salvage the JCPOA-Iran nuclear agreement, the real story is that back in January, the prohibition of nuclear weapons was signed and ratified by the requisite 60 countries. So that means that under international law today, the possession of nuclear weapons is a crime. And guess who the outlaw regimes are? It isn't Tehran. It's Washington, D.C., Tel Aviv, and uh, a short list of other countries. Yeah. I mean... In Iran, people just need to understand religion. I mean, they don't believe the religious leaders, but they're telling the truth that uh, nuclear weapons is against their faith. You just don't mass murder people. Um, and uh, this is Iran's uh, code of ethics. And uh, and it's just amazing that they continually go after Iran about nuclear weapons when the obvious perpetrators are, are, are the criminals. The only ones who has ever used them is the United States, I mean, that we know of, um, publicly at least. And, and then, of course, uh, Israel. Israel itself, it's uh, it's hard to just even fathom the hypocrisy of these countries. Right. And so getting to the, the JCPOA's chances, the official mainstream line is that it's possible that Rouhani will get Iran and the U.S. back into the JCOP, JCPOA before uh, Rouhani leaves office, which is coming up in a few weeks or a month or something like that. Um, I personally doubt this because I think the policy in Iran that even Rouhani, who's very pro-West, has to follow is that they're not going back into it unless the U.S. drops all sanctions. And I don't think Biden can do that because he'll be pilloried by the Zionists uh, and, and he'll lose in the next elections. The Democrats will lose Congress and then uh, they might even lose the presidency. So, because of the power of the Zionist lobby in the United States, I don't think the U.S. can drop all sanctions in order to restore this deal. And the Iranians certainly aren't going to accept anything less than that. So as far as I'm concerned, the JCPOA is almost certainly dead. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a, I think it's a dead end, too. And, uh, and it ultimately isn't going to matter to Iran. Iran has found ways to connect uh, uh, with other countries, with, you know, and it's it's going to be able to survive this. It, it has the patience uh, to wear this out. So the New York Times is putting its particular liberal Zionist spin on this. The liberal Zionists, such as the New York Times, are very passive aggressive. You know, they try to make themselves out to be nice liberal peacemakers, but they distort everything they report. And so in this case, we have the New York Times promoting a nuclear-free zone, not for the Middle East, because that would force Israel to give up its 400 nuclear weapons aimed at all regional and even European capitals. Uh, and that's the Samson option. The Israelis reserve the right to destroy the world if they're forced to stop being racist and genocidal. So the New York Times actually pretends to not like right-wing extremist racism, they, at least here in the United States, but they apparently support it in Israel because they want Israel to keep all those nuclear weapons so Israel can threaten to destroy the world if anybody tries to force it to stop being racist and genocidal. And so here's New York Times wanting a 
uh, a nuclear-free Persian Gulf. In other words, the Arab countries and, and Iran should be totally nuclear-free, but Israel should keep all of those nukes pointed at all of the capitals in the Middle East and Europe. And the New York Times tries to present this as though they are so nice and liberal and peace-loving. And we all know they're owned by ethnic Jews who do have a commitment to Zionism. As much as they allow a few questioning voices to slip through the print, fine print these days, they're still pretty much doing what they always did, which is running interference for the genocide of Palestine. And, and, and in the article itself, it's talking about the um, what they really were concerned about. And it was Iran's efforts in the Middle East, and in particular uh, to uh, on, the, on behalf of Palestine and uh, on behalf of, of Gaza and the other uh, groups uh, that it supports, that they wanted that to stop. That was, that's, that's what was the big thing about the New York Times and, and Trump and all of those people wanted Iran's activities in terms of, of justice for the oppressed to end. Well, that's right. That's really the whole problem with Iran, according to the powers that be or shouldn't be, mm-hmm. is that Iran keeps standing up for the oppressed and the underdog uh, around the world and yep. even like Venezuela and so on. So that's unacceptable. And that's that's why Iran has been targeted by these incredibly kind of repressive sanctions, and attacks, uh, secret attacks, open attacks, uh, a, a rigged up war when Saddam was pointed into Iran and forced to invade by the, uh, the Western sponsors. So Iran's been targeted now ever since the 1979 revolution. And they're still standing. So God bless them. Let's move on to more uh, Western war on uh, rogue states, that is, countries that want to be independent and do something remotely related to the best interest of their people, <laughs> maybe not doing everything the Western oligarchs order them to do. And Russia and China have become states a little bit like that. So Biden and Putin just had a summit. And here is Pepe Escobar's analysis. He thinks that the U.S. is trying to improve relations with Russia in order to beat the crap out of China without any interference from Russia. And Pepe Escobar doesn't think that's going to work. Uh, he does think, however, that Biden and Putin may have to some extent defused the tension in Ukraine where the Russians had built up in the Russian territory contiguous to Donbass in response to Kiev provocations. But that may be on the back burner now. So World War III may not break out in Ukraine in the next month or two. So I guess that's good news. Well, it could break out in China soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to that because, again, I think Pepe's analysis is absolutely right. Biden, uh, being a little less insane than some strategists, is trying to break up that Russia-China alliance. It won't work. But was this an attack on China or maybe Russia or what? Uh, Veterans Today just broke this story that this huge explosion off of Cape Canaveral in Florida uh, that happened, I think, just yesterday – According to VT, it looks like a 10 kiloton nuclear torpedo was fired by the U.S. Navy, presumably against some kind of target, because they don't run tests like that. The Navy saying there was some kind of test. So according to VT, we will know whether it was a uh, 10 kiloton nuclear torpedo when we see the seismograph. If it's a soft hump, then yeah, it was just some kind of test. If it's a double spike like it looks like, then it was a nuclear torpedo. Who were they blowing up? Were Russians or Chinese messing around right off the uh, Cape Canaveral coast uh, doing messing with or spying on the U.S. space weapons program? And of course, the next world war may actually be fought and won in outer space. Or is there an ET connection? Our producer, Alan, thinks that maybe this is involves the ramp up of um, 
confrontation with or attention paid to uh, alleged ETs. So it's still a mystery, and I haven't solved it. Have you, John? I have not solved it. It was interesting in the VT article saying that if it was a test and it was a moot m- missile that they sent, that's an $800 million test. Yes. Yeah, so, so no, that's the case. Yeah, but the Navy's, yeah. Navy's just saying that they just blew stuff up, uh, just for, just to see how it works. Yeah. We just blew some stuff up right off Cape Canaveral. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so yeah. stay tuned for more updates yeah, on it could this. Yeah. be interesting to follow this. Yeah, so if Earth hasn't been obliterated by a strike from the ETs next week, I will maybe be able to update you a little bit. I'm going to stay tuned with uh, Gordon and, and see what he thinks uh, as the data comes in. So speaking of war on China, uh, how about this story? The highest level ever Chinese defector, um, according to rumors in the Daily Beast, uh, the story goes that uh, this was uh, Vice Minister of State Security, Dong Jingwei, with his daughter Dong Yang, who flew from Hong Kong to the U.S. in February. It's only now being released with information about the COVID origin hypothesis around Wuhan. Maybe this has something to do with why the U.S. mainstream media is now suddenly pumping out propaganda, and it's backed by people like Biden and even Fauci, that, yeah, maybe it really was a lab leak, and it was probably the fault of the Chinese. So all of this looks like ramping up tension with China. And again, I think the most, by far the most likely explanation of the COVID origin is Ron Unz's hypothesis of a U.S. botched bio war attack on China and Iran. Uh, so John, how, how do you read the story of the Chinese defector? I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't get this story in time. I just, uh, oh, okay. I looked at the, so I missed yeah, it just, just broke this morning. Okay. Uh, okay. So we'll we'll keep following up on this, uh, right. but it, this does seem related to the attempts to pin COVID on the Chinese, which have now suddenly revived after Trump tried to float that balloon back a year over a year ago, and it was shot down by the mainstream. Now the mainstream is picking it up again. And again, I think COVID, if it's a U.S. bioattack on Iran and China, one of the contingency plans was to be able to blame China because, you know, hey, we did this, you know, we, you hit China right in the place where you just paid China to build a lab and study uh, gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses. Perfect place to hit China, especially since it was on the Chinese New Year uh, when all, all practically the whole country is traveling through Wuhan. Uh, so I, I, I think that what we're seeing here is more uh, war on China propaganda and Biden trying to corral Russia into the, you know, at least into standing aside as the U.S. goes after China would support that. And speaking of war on China, the next story is Dmitry Orlov's interview with me uh, about his article suggesting that the microchip industry is absolutely key both to geopolitics and to the possibilities of civilizational collapse points out that microchip manufacturing is extremely fragile, that there are all sorts of things that can stop it, that COVID crisis threw all kinds of monkey wrenches into the supply chain. And most microchips are made in China or what China thinks is China. Number one, Hong Kong, number two, China, and number three, Taiwan, all of which, according to China, is just China. So China makes the microchips, which are used in almost everything these days, and nobody could fight a war or do anything without them. This could be the Achilles heel that brings down the U.S. empire. Yeah, that could be definitely, definitely be it. You know, I followed, um, Dimitri when he was doing a lot of stuff on peak oil, and of course he still is. Um, you know, and, and I think you, you wrote in there in your article about something about peak oil, but, uh, I think that we are witnessing the collapse of, uh, that is peak oil, uh, researchers have been talking about. 
And, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is the, the great, uh, economic contraction in, in which it's actually not only peak oil, but peak everything. And, and one of these is these, these chips that they've got in China. And of course, uh, yeah, uh, what, what will the United States do to make sure they get their hands on those chips? They could do anything. And of course, war on China is, is the backstory here. The China, the rising mm-hmm. number two power challenging U.S., the, the number one power is usually would be expected to lead to a preemptive war by the number one power, the U.S. And maybe it has, uh, this COVID origins fight is all about that. And so we'll go back to that now with this story from Sputnik that suggests that there were these possible early cases of COVID in Italy in September 19, and then seven people in five states in the U.S. uh, as early as December 2019, according to a study of blood samples and uh, they antibody tested for COVID antibodies. So they only found seven people, and I'm not so sure if these COVID antibody tests are all that reliable. So I'm still on the fence on this. How about you? Yeah, I'm not sure how much I I trust the NIH or anything anymore, but uh, this is important to follow because, uh, yeah, yeah, if it's, if it's true that, uh, we can somehow show that COVID was, was around earlier, then that sure blows the Chinese biolab story away. Indeed. And that's why Sputnik is hyping this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next slide, we have Mike Whitney's interview with Ron Unz over at Unz.com restating Ron's hypothesis that this was a U.S. Uh, botched bioware attack on China and Iran. Uh, again, I find that the most plausible uh, scenario for the origin of COVID. You know, I'm with I'm, I'm with Ron Unz on this. I have to say where Ron Unz loses some people, and I mean allies when I say people, as I see it, is that he doesn't acknowledge that the that the bioweapon really in itself and I in the United States and Western countries didn't cause the economic and social collapse, but the response did. The lockdowns did. Um all of these uh this taking of trillions of dollars and stuff. If COVID was a bioweapon, I, I don't know if I can say this now, or since we're on YouTube, but I think the injections are as well. Yeah, no, just don't don't say anything like what you know the the, the medical stuff that the anything right. that who says about anything medical we're not allowed to offer a different opinion anymore some free country we're in i know so that, that should say something right there but i i think that there i i am i'm i'm more and more the more and more i hear you talking about this and reading it and uh, and reading ron Unzo's articles and even the comment sections that he's in i'm with him but there, there's a bigger picture i want to connect into it and that has to do with all of this response um, that really, I think, is is the one that's undoing us. I mean, I don't know of anybody, honestly, who's really died of the COVID. I can't say that didn't happen, but I, I don't even know what it is. But I certainly can see the effects of the responses uh, to it, and and, and including these uh, the you know what. Right. Well, Ron's take on this, of course, is that the uh this virus is engineered to have a 0.5 to 1% mortality rate and of course this proportionally does target people who are old and and and, and weak but if it, according to Ron and some of his sources including an inside source in biowarfare US biowarfare uh that's exactly what you want if you're doing biowar you don't you're not trying to you know kill people so much mm-hmm. as forcing the other side to mount this kind of crippling response uh, so just like with a disease where it's not the actual microorganism, but it's the immune system's response that hurts you. In this case, that's what the bio warfare 
uh, agent is designed to do. And the reason that you know you're going to get that response is that if you're going to, you know, if 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 it is extremely contagious and it kills between 0.5 and 1% of the people who catch it, that becomes a huge number of people all dying at once. So, mm-hmm. of course, the targeted country has to respond. So that, that's Ron's uh, position. And, of course, he has argued with people like White, Mike Whitney in the past. Whitney is one of these people who've uh, downplayed the risks of COVID. So that is a, a actual legitimate difference of opinion between people like Mike Whitney and many others in the alternative media and, and Ron. Uh, well, let, let, how about John Stewart? See, this this whole controversy yeah. is now going mainstream. Here's right. John Stewart with uh, Colbert. Uh, ranting about, uh, how obviously this has got to be a lab leak from Wuhan. So what do you think, John? Is this U.S. military industrial complex propaganda or is it, uh, just good comedy? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if it's great comedy or not. I, I think it's a COVID industrial, uh, uh, as, as military industrial complex, the COVID industrial complex. You know, I didn't see Stephen Colbert angry there, but I, I, nonetheless, it looks to be, I thought, a staged event. Bring him out. Oh, the first time we're together since COVID. Oh, you know, give each other a half hug and whatever. Um, it's, it's, it is. It's all about portraying China as the bad actor with the so-called Wuhan lab leak. And now that John Stewart has said it, now everyone can believe it. It must be true. <laughs> hey, if John Stewart joked about it, it's got to be true. That's where we right. are these days, with believing the mainstream <laughs> media. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of mainstream media versus people who don't believe it, uh, let's move to the Trump election news. Uh, here's Tucker Carlson. Uh, angrily, I guess he's angry, even if, uh, Colbert isn't, uh, accusing the FBI of organizing the January 6th so-called insurrection. He points out that of the 400 people who've been charged in this event, uh, uh, many of them, uh, they have these indictments that mention, quote, unidentified co-conspirators. Uh, for instance, one of these indictments talks about person two and person three, uh, who were the, in fact, the organizers of the riot, who were apparently uh, duping this guy that they're charging. In other words, the FBI uh, instigators actually organized the riot and duped some patsies, and now the patsies are the people being charged. So that's the Tucker Carlson false flag theory of January 6th. Uh, what do you think, John? Is, is that right? And if so, is it the whole story? Well, I do believe that the January 6th so-called insurrection was a fa- was fake, was a false flag. I think there's a, a lot of evidence to show that, including the mainstream media saying all kinds of stories that they later had to retract. Um, but I mean, people were, were, were let into the building. There's, there's lots of fishiness about this. And of course, uh, the point of it, as I see it, was to divide us again over racial issues to silence and censor skeptics, not only of the election, but skeptics of lockdowns, uh, lumping all of us deplorables all together as Trump supporters and QAnon and conspiracy theorists. And so uh, I think what Tucker Carlson has discovered here or claims to have discovered needs to be explored more. Uh, yeah, the FBI is certainly not beneath them to do this kind of stuff. And Tucker also wonders why there is still more than 10,000 hours of footage from the Capitol mm-hmm. riot that hasn't been released and why the killer of Ashley Babbitt has not been identified. So those, I think, are all valid questions. Now, there, I, I think there may be some kind of spy versus spy element to this. Alan, our producer, thinks that there was a Trump team that wanted to stage a coup. So maybe the uh, the other team uh, won. Who knows? But uh, Tucker is definitely raising some interesting and valid questions. 
So related to that story is the next one. Uh, Trump-inspired death threats are terrorizing election workers, both high-level people like the Raffsenbergers in Georgia, and then the low-level election workers are supposedly also getting these death threats. So I don't know about this. Criminal law specialists, according to this story, say that the widespread threats could increase the legal jeopardy for Trump in this Justice Department Georgia investigation. So it could actually be very convenient for Trump's enemies that all of these death threats are plaguing the election workers, uh, which, again, raises the possibility of a false flag, although it could also be just angry Trump supporters because there, some of those people are indeed as crazy as they look. Who knows? Yeah, this article, to me, didn't pass the smell test. Um, for example, phrases that are thrown out throughout the article, Trump's relentless false claims that the vote was rigged, Trump's baseless voter fraud accusations. It always reminds me of they're saying those baseless accusations of conspiracy theorists and all that stuff. I mean, this is the way the, the Russian media used to talk during Congress. Yeah, this isn't is media reporting at all. It's just yeah. stating the facts, or the, the facts, comrade, uh, that we found. So, I mean, I, I, it seems to me that it could be plausible, especially with Tucker's last, uh, the last thing we have with Tucker Carlson. That, that these hate threats could be FBI, uh, instigated threats. I mean, this could be, um, threats that they're putting together. Um, that's what I think. I, I, it's part of a larger false flag, again, to demonize all of those who supported not only the president, but also who support things that, uh, many people who support the president also support, <laughs> like the yeah. anti-COVID theories. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, these days it's hard not to be a paranoid conspiracy theorist oh, who, just a, who, yeah. who delusionally imagines that there's a conspiracy against conspiracy theorists. Uh, I wake up more paranoid every day, Kevin, every day. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Well, uh, John, uh, not John Waters, <laughs> Roger Waters. Roger Waters. Uh, yeah. Right. He, he's, uh, he's produced some great, um, works of art like The Wall and now Zuckerberg. Uh, tried to pay uh, Waters a huge sum of money to use the song about another brick in the wall. Zuckerberg's letter went, We want to thank you for considering this project. We feel that the core sentiment of the song is still so prevalent and necessary today, which speaks to how timeless your work is, truly. Yeah, Facebook should know about being another brick in the wall, because if you're <laughs> yeah. on Facebook, you're just another brick in the wall. I do love Roger Waters, man. He, go, go, man, go. Uh, quote to remember, Zuckerberg is one of the most powerful idiots in the world. Indeed. Another quote to remember, how did this little prick who started off by saying, <laughs> she's pretty, we'll give her a four out of five. She's ugly, we'll give her a one. How did, how the fuck did this guy get any power over anything? And yet here he is, one of the most powerful idiots in the world. So that's, uh, uh that's a pretty strong statement from Roger Waters, but, uh, Definitely. it's right on the money. So, so, and speaking of crazy propaganda against conspiracy theories and so on, how about this article? I couldn't believe this. It's written by somebody named Byron Coley, which could easily be the pseudonym of an MI6 psychological operations guy, uh, attacking uh, this yeah. jazz musician. Uh, the, the jazz musician is Evan Parker, and his crime is not only being loosely allied with uh, some of the, the COVID dissidents like Van Morrison and people like that, but his real crime is liking Lynn Margulis. And so this article trashes Lynn Margulis, the winner of the uh, Medal of Science 
possibly the most important thinker in, in biological uh, historical issues of the 20th century. And this article just attacks her as a conspiracy theorist and attacks this, uh, this musician, Evan Parker, for liking Lynn Margulis. Where do they come up with this stuff? Oh, this is garbage. But... But, but interestingly, shout out to the late Lynn Margulis. I mean, uh, I watched this article reminded me of her. I kind of forgotten about her, but I remember watching a clip of her in, uh, Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth and, and her line, uh, in regards to NIST. I remember it. I, uh, she just said, this isn't science. <laughs> it just, it was just beautiful. You know, she, uh, she was great. And, uh, and David Ray Griffin, in fact, wrote a good piece, uh, about her after her death in, in 2011. So, uh, kudos to this article for reminding us of the greatness of Lynn Margulis and Evan Parker. Keep it up, man. All right. Yeah. Of, of all the stupid anti-conspiracy propaganda articles I've read, and I've read a lot yeah, of this them, is a battle. This, this, this may be winning the award for the very <laughs> stupidest. Uh, moving on to transhumanist nightmare stories. The scientists are making male rats give birth. It's one small step for a rat, one giant leap for transhumanist madness. Uh, and the study, the study here, which is carried out in China, was called a rat model for male pregnancy. So, uh, this is good news. If you're a man suffering from womb envy, tormented by the fact that women can give birth, but you can't, you're in luck. All you need to do is first you get a transspecies surgery to turn yourself into a rat. That way you can stop being a man who identifies as a rat and you can just plain be a, a rat. And then next you can have a scientist implant a rat embryo into your butt. Your lifelong fantasy of pooping out a baby rat will be fulfilled, and you can stop envying all those lucky women who get to experience the joys of parturition. That's my transhumanist commercial for the day. <laughs> Do you remember the movie uh, Life of Brian with um, Monty Python? Oh, yeah, sure. 1979, right? And they're in the stadium, and... Um, and they're having this argument. It's the Jewish Liberation Front or the Front Liberation of Judea or whatever it is. And they're going on about the rights. And Stan, one of the characters, uh, says that he, he, he wants to be a woman and then he wants to have a baby yeah. and yeah. that he should be called Loretta and he has the right that's, to. That's, so that's a great clip. <laughs> and so they're going on, on and on back and forth about, uh, you know, well, well, even though he can't have a woman, he uh, can't have a baby, he has a right to have a baby. And, and at, mm -hmm. at that time, it was funny. Yeah, but yeah, now, now, they, now they're playing it straight. It's not, they are. And if you <laughs> laugh, I think you're going to probably be uh, deplatformed. So let's not right. laugh at yeah. Monty Python anymore. <laughs> okay. Oh uh, man. So was this the, the author says was this a really a legitimate area of scientific inquiry of all the other things that we've got going on? Yeah. But hey, it's it's, it's your body, uh, your choice. So if you want to have, have transspecies surgery and be a rat, uh, I guess you can. Speaking of your body, your choice, uh, that's also the slogan of some of the. Uh, folks who don't believe everyone should be forced at gunpoint to get a vaccine. And 79% of Democrats support forcing employees to get vaccines as a condition of employment and presumably firing the ones who refuse. So of that 79% of Democrats, 97% of them said that they identified as rats and expressed the desire to undergo transspecies surgery. Uh, the party is reportedly considering changing its mascot from the traditional jackass to the rat. And changing its name to the Demo Rats. Hmm, I don't know. I think I'm resigning my party membership. How are you? <laughs> oh man, seventy. And that's the party of compassion, right? To the outsider. Yeah. You know, COVID is not about a killer virus. It's about a killer injection, and and, and not just a bioweapon, but a psycho weapon, a social control weapon, 
Um, reading in this article here, it says the overall response was 56 to 44% in favor of forced jabs. So the majority of people want people to be forced to have the government inject them with who knows what. Um, and then again, the reality about this injections is the psychological and social division, uh, through which all of these oligarchs are, are controlling us. And I, and I thought this was telling too, quote, those who won't get vaccinated are the boldest about returning to pre pandemic activities. 59% saying they're comfortable going to large events compared with 45% of all respondents among those who are fully vaccinated and therefore presumably the most protected from infection. Only 42% were willing to risk the crowds at a large event. This is all based on just traumatizing people with fear and, and with fear, when you're afraid, you will vote for the most horrendous. You will advocate for the most horrendous. You will participate in the most horrendous activities against your fellow human beings. And that's what's happening with this. And this is what we get for letting the 9-11 false flag uh, create this crisis of fear that's been going on one way or another. And just when that was starting to wear off, along comes COVID. Oh, boy. So over in the EU, it's not much better. There's a vaccine passport proposal that's out there. In fact, they've been deployed. And uh, the CNN wants the Americans to have one, too. So this is called the EU Digital COVID Certificate, or EUDCC. So I guess I won't be going to Europe anytime soon. And all these people on the on the screen, they're all, all masked up, subservient and obedient to their master. Listen to this double speak. Quote, this certificate is a symbol of an open and digital Europe. We developed this certificate in record time. It will make travel in our union easier, and it will give Europeans back the freedoms they value and cherish so much. I mean, man, it also makes you vomit. And and it's the uh, the demo rats who are leading this. Yep, I mean, that's right. I, I actually, I used to think they were maybe a little bit less noxious than the than the Republicans, but I don't know about that anymore. Both sides look pretty bad to me. Uh, speaking of the demo rats. How about the Clinton body count? It may have just gone up by one notch. Christopher Sign, formerly reporter with ABC affiliate KN, K, was it KNXV TV in Phoenix, uh, just, uh, got suicided, uh, in June 2016. He reported the encounter between the, uh, head of the Justice Department program, you know, Lynch, uh, investigating Hillary's emails and Bill Clinton, uh, highly inappropriate. And then he got death threats after that. But it's only five years later that he died. So this may or may not be legitimate in terms of the Clinton body count. And indeed, of all those people on the Clinton body count list, I'm sure some of them are probably just coincidences. Others probably are not. Yeah, I, I did have a question. I mean, he published his book last year. So 2020 is when he comes up with that. But I do wonder why now. Has he been, has he been on TV talking about it? I mean, if it was an assassination as opposed to suicide, why now more than a year after his book? I'm not sure. But. Nonetheless, yeah, that, that Clinton body count growing. I mean, Vince Foster case, who, uh, we, we have David Martin talking about that a lot. Um, so there are a lot of, uh, they definitely have a, a count, <laughs> uh, of some kind, a count of coincidences, but, um, it's always this possible. could be another one. It's, yeah. it's always possible that, that some of the people talking about that are exaggerating slightly. And instead of, you know, having killed like, you know, 83 people, the Clinton crime family has only killed 16 or something. So really they yeah. would be owed a big apology if that were the case. Uh, moving on to Florida. Uh, no, that, yeah, Florida, where we have more political assassination news. Florida Republican congressional wow. candidate William Braddock 
has been caught on a recording saying he's going to send a Russian and Ukrainian hit squad from the Russian mob after his rival, Anna Paulina Luna, who's also a Republican. Um, so, so much for the alternative to the demo rats. Uh, and this guy is on tape saying, hey, if the poll says Luna's going to win, she's going to be gone. She's going to disappear. Luna is a bleeping speed bump in the road. She's a dead squirrel you run over every day when you leave the neighborhood. Wow, this sounds like a nice guy. I wish I could vote for him. <laughs> this is insane. I mean, and a Russian mafia? I mean, that's kind of exotic, isn't it? I mean, who really has the rough foot Russian mafia at the ready? <laughs> well, unfortunately, they, they, the Russian mafia does exist. And, you know, the, the book Red Mafia by Freeman uh, paints quite an alarming portrait of it. So I, I think she better get some protection. So these local politicians can just ring them up, huh? Yeah, that's the world know. we live in. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't, it's hard to know what's true or what's a cartoon in all of this. Yeah, no, I, I think this is probably just one of the guys who got caught uh, messing with Russian mafia hitmen, frankly. That's, I mean, uh, our politics is so corrupt. Uh, where, you know, this country is, it's run by criminal oligarchs and it still, you know, it's trickle down. Evil trickles down from the top and even just an ordinary congressional candidate can try to ring up the Russian mob, but, yeah. uh, somebody tape recorded him. So speaking yeah. of assassinations, Tupac Shakur would have been 50 this week, uh, if he hadn't threatened the deal between the drug ba- uh, traffickers, the U.S. banks and the CIA, uh, drug dealers and money launderers. Uh, he got killed in a drive-by in Las Vegas 25 years ago. He had started the new Black Panthers. He'd engineered a Blood Scripts truce in L.A. And he was exposing the same kind of stuff that Gary Webb exposed. And, of course, Gary Webb ended up dead with a two-bullet-to-the-head suicide. So, again, uh, the, the West is ruled by gangsters, criminal oligarchs. It's not a democracy. It's an oligarchy. And the oligarchs are not nice people. And if you get in their way like Tupac did, uh, you may end up um, dying young and living, leaving a good-looking corpse. This is a great article, by the way. Uh, four different times it said that they tried to assassinate him. And, and, and why? Because he wanted to unify people divided by systemic injustice against the true perpetrators of injustice. Uh, so I, I, Tupac Shakur is a real martyr. I mean, a witness for truth and goodness. And while um, these assassinations are an attempt to stop martyrs, in my opinion, they actually do the opposite. But as the stories of these martyrs get told, they inspire others to awaken people and organize against the true enemies. So, and, and most of the time, the true enemies are found in our corrupt nation's intelligence apparatus. Well, I agree. Tupac was a martyr. And uh, so it looks like we, we might see another martyr, uh, Zohar Sarnayev. We already have his, his brother uh, martyred in the false flag Boston bombing operation that was carried out by two Kraft International operatives with Kraft International insignia on their heads and the ba- on the backpacks on their backs that the FBI showed us as having exploded with the bombs inside. Uh, and Zokar uh, and his brother did not have those kind of backpacks on. So we know that they're innocent. The photos prove it. The FBI's own statements prove it. And yet here's Zokar on death row uh, and Biden's Justice Department, which, you know, Biden says he's against capital punishment, but he's pulling out all the stops to execute this innocent patsy. And, and according to the article, it says, but his administration, that is Biden's administration, doesn't appear to be acting on the some odd 59 people currently on death row in federal prison. Yeah, so he's got 59 that he could choose from, but he picks this one uh, to go and break his own campaign promise regarding uh, uh, capital punishment. So Biden and company must think this patsy, as you pointed out, has something to say. And so they better execute him before he embarrasses those who actually did this false flag. Indeed. And, and 
the truth about this has gotten out in the alternative media. All you have to do is look at those pictures of the comparing the backpacks and, and you know, um, but that's of course posed a problem for the bad guys. Uh, how can they prevent people from learning these things? Well, they have to start radically censoring the internet. So they lure everybody onto social media and they start uh, cracking down on alternative information. I've recently found I can't find any of my old stuff anymore, John. I used to be able to Google up everything I've ever written uh, going back, you know, 20 years and it would pop up instantly, you know, just a few keywords, my name, the topic, easy to find all my old stuff. I can't find my old stuff anymore because it's all been shadow banned. It's uh, it's even, I, I put the actual name and my name in the publication, Kevin Barrett, Veterans Today, title of article. It's, it won't come up on Google. Google. So this is uh, the world we live in and Amazon and these other big internet oligarchy run uh, crime syndicates uh, are erasing our free speech rights. And uh, fortunately, there's a pushback. In the next slide, we have Elizabeth Warren, among others, pushing to basically seize these big Internet monopolies and run them as utilities, platform utilities. And if the government ran them as utilities, I believe they would be or at least should be forced to respect the First Amendment. So, hey, shout out to Elizabeth Warren for an excellent idea. Yeah, well, this is a no-brainer. I mean, the banning of President Trump from Twitter and Facebook, I think, has brought uh, this distinction between publisher and platform to light. Uh, And it's what needs to happen everywhere. Uh, Either the Internet's going to be a public platform or it's going to be a prison. I mean, that's the battle we're fighting, and we have to fight it, I think, on two fronts. Uh, one, waking people up to change the laws, like this one, and the other is to build alternative networks, platforms, currencies, everything, as we'll see in the coming articles. And we need to be able to see both sides of all stories so we can figure out who we think is right, and that's uh-huh. what they're preventing us from doing now. And the next yep. story is a good example. Amazon, the same company that should be busted up or run as a public utility under the First Amendment, uh, just engaged in this act of egregious censorship, uh, erasing the America's frontline doctor's website from the Internet. The doctors had to scramble to salvage the site and find a new host. I think they have succeeded. Now, I don't I, I actually I do agree with some of the views expressed by the frontline doctors uh, and I disagree with others. And I'm not giving you the details right now because we're broadcasting live on YouTube. And if I gave you any details, it, regardless of the fact that I would agree with the mainstream on some things, uh, but disagreeing with anything that the holy who or the infallible Fauci say is enough to get us the platform. So I won't get into the details and perhaps you shouldn't either, John. However, what I will say is that everybody should check out the information uh, put out by this group of dissident doctors and compare it with the other side in order to try to make up your own mind about this. You shouldn't be forced to accept one party line. You should have the right to see all sides of every story and make up your own mind. That's what the First Amendment is really all about. That's it. Principles of intellectual freedom. Every person has a right to express his or her views in any platform that they can, and society has the responsibility to make sure all of these platforms are accessible. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the real argument here, regardless of what they say. They can say, uh, Mickey Mouse, uh, is a rat and wants to have a baby. Whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter if they say that. They have the right to say these things. And, uh, so that one, one thing in the article came out that, uh, uh, America's frontline doctor said we must build our own internet servers. And I think that's the key. The internet's going to become uh, a, a, 
a, a prison, I think. And so kudos to them uh, for their fighting spirit on, on that level and for, uh, you know, ex, uh, exercising their right to free speech. And the mainstream media is not on our side here. The mainstream media mm-hmm. is, has been pushing the Internet oligarchs to uh, censor more and more and more. However, the mainstream media may be on the right side of exposing the conditions, the working conditions inside Amazon. Here's a New York Times expose. You could maybe compare it to Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, which looked inside the uh, meatpacking industry in Chicago a uh, hundred years ago and found all kinds of stuff that you didn't really want to see, right? You don't want to know how sausages are made, and you don't want to know how Amazon packages are made either, apparently. Yeah, people fired for one bad day, uh, no employee power, no raises, uh, purposely, so they turn over, because they want a high turnover. Uh, how far how far we have fallen since, uh, well, the good days of unions, I guess, since um, we're falling back to, to what it was, that, that big pyramid of the top, People who control everything and the rest, uh, slave labor. I mean, uh, this is, and then I think Amazon's ultimate goal is to have no humans at all. Uh, just have it all run by robots. And once their customers are all robots too, then, yeah. uh, they won't need any humans anymore and the planet can be exterminated, which is, I guess, the biowar people are working in it. Well, you know, this insight that Jeff Bezos, those guys had that you can make more money by, having everybody hate their job so much that there's high turnover and everybody's constantly quitting their jobs, you know, the logical outcome of that would be just have slaves and, you know, <laughs> some of the slaves run away, but that's fine. Uh, you know, you just get more slaves. Anyway. Plenty, move- plenty of needy people. Uh, our next uh, cyber economy story here is this Rubini giving us the anti-Bitcoin side of the story. In the alternative media, we hear a lot about the pro-Bitcoin side. And certainly uh, I've been impressed by the gains Bitcoin has made. And if I bought a bunch of it back uh, when I first heard about this uh, more than 10 years ago, uh, I'd probably be able to retire from doing false flag weekly news. So it's a good thing that I didn't. In any case... Uh, <laughs> good for argue- all of us that you didn't. That's right. Good for all of us to keep you in poverty. That's a, that's kind of the Amazon theory to keeping FFWN on the air. And if people could, you, know, you and viewers, please do help keep me in poverty by uh, sending just a little trickle of money so that I just make a, that just 200 a bucks a week. 200 bucks a week for False Light Weekly News. Not uh, too much. That's right. I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to have to try and get free cheese from the government or from Azerbaijan or something pretty soon. So anyway, the argument against Bitcoin is that there's no stable value. It's constantly up and down, so you can't buy stuff with it. Uh, the blockchain size is limited. It's got a very low transactional uh, throughput of five to seven transactions per second. And it's not even any good for money laundering because it's traceable when it gets cashed out. So there are all these arguments against Bitcoin, and yet it keeps going up and up and up and up and up. So what's with that? I I, I don't know. I, I wonder. I, I'm just kind of going off here, but I wonder if it will improve as uh, as we fully move into our dystopia and need uh, alternative online currencies. And, you know, when when the rest of humanity is turned into and, and, and plugged in and, and injected and given the whatever, the passes and, and their whole economy and their whole money supply is controlled, uh, there's going to be offline people who didn't who they couldn't quite round up yet and they're going to need alternative currencies and alternative uh, internet and maybe this will be uh something that will work in that situation well the idea of stable uh functional digital cash is a great one we need mm-hmm. that yeah uh, if, we're, if we're going to be doing stuff on the internet we should have the right to use cash just like we do in the real world so it's a great idea but i think they're still working on the technology as this article suggests uh well, let's move to our final two uh, 
ET related stories. The first one, is there an ET in Trump's pants? Photos. Oh, and this, unfortunately we have the wrong, well, not the wrong slide, but we have a slide here that doesn't show Trump's backwards pants. We showed those pants last week and it looks like there's something very weird in the pants. And according to this uh, answer at Quora, it, Trump is wearing some very advanced high tech incontinence gear. Uh, I don't know, either that or it's a UFO. What do you think, John? Actually, you know, that kind of made me feel kind of sad to pick on this poor old guy, whatever you think of Trump, you know, an incontinence. I mean, that that's going to happen to all of us if we live long enough. But um, it, it, pro- it, I, it seems to me that this explanation is as good as any. He's probably, uh, that could be a situation that he's facing and what he, uh, uh, that he's in. But I do wonder about the phrase that this guy said, um, that Trump had a treatment for COVID that torched his kidneys and bladder. How would the author of that know that? That's true. It's so maybe this is just all BS. I uh-huh. you never know what you're getting on Quora. That's for yeah. sure. Um, but anyway, my vote is for a UFO. I think Trump has a UFO in his pants. Well, there you go. And and the UFO and is the Navy's going to nuke it. Right. It's part of the good alien federation. It's dedicated to uh, exposing all of the bad stuff that Q tells us about. In fact, maybe it's Q that's in his pants for all I know. I don't know. But there's something weird going on. And, and we saw that with the nuke off of Cape Canaveral this week. And so our final story is that uh, new expose, uh, US, the U.S. government considers at least some UFOs to be extraterrestrial and extra dimensional. Wait, it should be and or, shouldn't it? Aren't they either extraterrestrial, meaning like a, a metal UFO from some other star system, or extra-dimensional, meaning coming from another dimension. How can they be both extraterrestrial and extra-dimensional? It boggles my mind. I'm having a brain meltdown. What do you think, John? (laughs) What I find interesting is that UFOs, nobody believes them until it's in the mainstream press and until some Pentagon wazoo says something about them, and then suddenly everybody believes them. And, uh, I don't know. I think, I think, I think we're being set up, or a possible setup, they're just kind of putting this in the bank. Someday we're going to pull out the UFO false flag and uh, find a way to get all gullible people to obey more of our draconian measures. Well, when they do pull out that UFO false flag, you'll hear about it here on False Flag all Weekly right. News because this is what we do. Thank you, John Shuck. It's fun doing the show with you. Keep up the I enjoy work. it very much. Thanks for inviting me. And I'm looking forward to your radio show tomorrow night. I'm going to try and tune in. Uh, again, that's, right. what was the time time frame? It's uh, 8 to 10 on uh, Eastern Time, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., Studio B, Revolution.Radio, FreedomSlips.com. Okay, that's 7 to 9 p.m. Central where I am. I'll, I'll check it go. out. Well, thank Thanks. you so much, John and Alan, the producer, and uh, all of our viewers, and especially our supporters. We kind of had a screw up on our fundraiser this week. So yesterday there was only $15 out of the measly 200 oh. that keeps me impoverished enough to keep doing this show. So yeah, if you want to help pre- preserve my, uh, my noble poverty, please do uh, go there and make up and help us catch up on the fundraisers. And if you do, I'll be back next week to expose the big UFO false flag or whatever news we have. Whatever it is, you'll hear it. First, here on False Flag Weekly News. God bless. See you next time. Bye.